now it's time to get the latest from the quarterback of the pack, Aaron Rodgers. It's Tuesdays with Aaron. Here's your host, Jason Wilde. Packers quarterback and NFL MVP, Aaron Rodgers. He has arrived from the bye week. How you doing? I just flew in right now. Actually. Just now. Congratulations. Yeah. Arms are tired. You had a uh, nice, nice. <laughs> uh, you had an imposter in the locker room yesterday then. Um, so, how are things? Good. I'm a little out of breath here, running up the stairs. Yeah, you should work out more. Mm-hmm. You would think someone with your vocation. Uh, so, welcome That's back. That's a big from, word for you. It is. Careful. Well, I'm trying to impress people. Uh, welcome back from the not with the shorts. I'm not. I like uh, the socks with the New Balance uh, sandals. You like That's those? a good look. I got those at Shopco. Nickel <laughs> socks. I'm on a budget. Um, so, how are things at the undisclosed location? Good. Uh, some of it wasn't undisclosed. <laughs> no, I know. No, you know, uh, huh. the highlight of the week was definitely where I was spotted, and that was down in Oxford, Mississippi. Um, and while I'm not going to go into great detail about the uh, inappropriate and disrespectful behavior of some of the fans at Ole Miss. Um, oh, come on. There's got to be a story or two you can share. It the only the silver lining of the whole trip was I'm sitting in the stands, uh, wanting to kind of watch the game as a semi-normal person, and have the the people kind of respect that at, at some level. Uh, the lady at the top of the stairs, we find out it was telling everybody what row I was in, whoever was checking tickets. So they're letting a bunch of um, intoxicated. Uh, fans, both young and old, um, interrupt not only my family but the the fans around us um, too many times, which uh, which led to me actually being a little worried about the safety of uh, some of my friends uh, around us, the fellow parents and and my parents as well, uh, because of the uh, inebriation of some of those fans. So, what this is what I'm saying is the silver lining is that. Uh, um, William Wally and his his crew of his security crew Jessica Curvin. I wanted to give him a shout out on the radio because the event operations group down there, the security group, was great. But they actually brought me down onto the field in the fourth quarter. Okay. And I got to watch that last second drive. My brother took his team on and hit um, Boyd in the end zone uh, down the sideline, whole shot for a touchdown to win the game. So it was. Uh, Definitely, definitely worth it and, and fun, to, fun to see him. I, I, I would imagine, not having kids, that um, the feeling that I got watching my little brother has to be the feeling that a father gets watching watching his son or daughter um, succeed. And whether it's sports or education or just life in general, it's. I know for me personally, I, I would love nothing more than to see my brother pass up any success that I have on the field just because I care about him and know how bad he wants it, how hard he's worked. And for him to have a last-second drive like that was uh, was fun and, and great for the program. Second year in a row, they're going to a bowl game, which I don't know has ever happened there. Right. Probably the biggest uh, – um, they came back from 17 down, and that's the biggest uh, comeback they've had in years – in the SEC, it's been a long time since they had a comeback like that. They've first time in forever that they're having that, that they'll have at least a, a 500 record in the conference. They're four and three right now with one conference game to go in the SEC, and uh, just really happy for them. Uh, you went to junior college like myself, and 
has gotten a chance to be a part of something special down there with Coach Franklin and kind of transforming that program. They got a lot of real good, good guys and good players, and uh, it's fun to be able to, to watch them. So you mentioned the pride feeling. What do you like in the stands? I mean, I, I've I've seen the photos. I, I like the kind of incognito look with the black hat, and I don't know if that's a jacket or what you've got on there. But what do you like when you're wa- actually watching the game? Like McCarthy said on Monday that when he watches games on television, he can't watch them as a as a fan. He's looking at formations. He's looking at personnel groupings. Are you doing the same thing? Are you watching, like, are you watching Jordan? Are you watching the defense to see what he's seeing? What kind of kind of give us an idea of what it's like to watch a game that you're not playing in through your eyes? I, I like to watch the uh, coverages, and in college you're going to see because of the wide hashes, it's often a little more difficult for defenses to disguise whether they're going to be one high or two high safeties because of the distance that a safety has to cover uh, because of the wide hashes when the ball's on the hash. Um, so I like to watch the uh, the secondary coverage and kind of uh, and then see Jordan as he as he's dropping back or going through his progressions. Um, but I'll be honest with you, it's tough to watch it in the stands with uh, with all those armchair quarterbacks and and people. Uh, you know, the guy next to me was commenting the game, and it was brutal. Now, wait, uh, Ole Miss fan or a No, it was all Vandy. We were in the Vandy section. So you're in the Vandy section, yeah. right? That's what I thought. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the guy next to me probably didn't realize that as he was holding his phone out and texting his friend sitting next to Aaron Rodgers that I actually saw what he was texting. Uh, it wasn't going through for a while. I was getting kind of frustrated. If you have an iPhone, you know that little red signal on the right when it your text message doesn't go through he yeah. kept pushing that and trying again trying again trying to get it to whoever he was talking to but he commented the entire game and besides having a uh, a foul mouth it was ridiculous comments that i was just rolling my eyes so at one point the only time i did ever say anything was when he was getting all upset on a drive in the third quarter oh my another penalty come on and i'm like it's on them they had 15 guys on the field they were subbing and they quick snapped them I didn't say that. That's what I was thinking. But I said, it's on them. Please <laughs> stop saying those words. There's women like here. There's kids watching the game. It's embarrassing. So uh, do you say anything during the game when you're, you know, sitting with your family? or I mean, Are you breaking things down? Because, you're, you know, your dad has watched a lot of football games, obviously, with his boys growing up. He's certainly got a working knowledge of the game, but are you pointing anything out to the people you see? No, with? not really. I don't really like to be that kind of person. I've sat next to enough of those kind of people. <laughs> okay. Uh, anything else happen during the bye week? Because, boy, oh, boy, I sure get a lot of questions on Twitter. Nothing? Hmm. Okay. Um, from a football perspective, what's the value of the bye week? Like, it's great. That's incredible. To- it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, t- all right, so you get away, and I understand. Kind no, of no, I know what you're asking here. I think it's two things. For the player, it's a great chance to just mentally get refreshed. Uh, I would say it's tougher on, on the West Coast players because us that uh, that head back to the West Coast, it's tough to, you know, you come back, you kind of accustom the time for a little bit, and then you come back, that's a little difficult. But uh, it's great to be able to get refreshed um, for the coaches, it's a self, self-scout self week. Right. So they're going through all the tendencies, the stats, maybe re-watching some of the, some of the games that we've played. And, 
and then trying to tweak some things. That's why I, I've always felt like a, a buy later in the year is always more useful because you have more tape to break down. And um, as was evidenced yesterday, uh, Mike and his staff have spent uh, a good amount of time. Now, they did get uh, the weekend off, I believe, Friday on, but they spent uh, the first four days of the week making sure that um, – they went through the tape and, and looked for more ways to be efficient both in the run game and the pass game, and it's always exciting coming back on a Monday and seeing some of those changes from a, a personnel standpoint. Uh, it's fun to come back on Monday and see uh, see how the guys are doing. I think uh, talked to J. Mike, and, and he uh, spent some time to soda, and I believe, and uh, he, he, looks, he looks great. Guys are teasing about fresh legs. He looked like he was running around real well. Uh, Jordy looked like he was he was looking good. John Kuhn was a limited participant. He was out on the field. Now, um, that's one of my favorite parts of practice is the pre-practice where uh, Cooney Boy and uh, and Ryan Taylor get after each other. Ryan Taylor's been a little sensitive this week. He he got a a fine for his uh, for his hit. A very big one, right? Yeah, like twenty one thousand dollars. And he he told everybody in the locker room he could he could get his hands on. Uh, I wasn't even flagged on the play. How can they find me for that? You know, so um, it's it's fun to, to rib each other and uh, tease each other about being sensitive from time to time. Now you mentioned seeing Jordy out there and and Coon. Do you feel like you've gotten? Uh, I mean, obviously you've got practice Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday to get through. But do you think for all the injuries that you guys have sustained, and we'll talk about some of the other ones in a minute? that maybe you're starting to get some of your guys back and this could be a week where you've got a few of your your key weapons or, or at least key contributors back? Well, not yet, I don't think. And losing Brian is uh, is a tough tough blow to us. Not because not we can't uh, you know move some guys around and feel good about it. We ended the game with TJ right tackle and Evan at left guard. and uh, TJ, much like uh, Darren college was for us when Darren was our swing guy. Um, does a great job. I mean, TJ has the ability to play uh, really all five positions on the line, which is an added value, and now he gets to be over there with his best buddy, Josh Sitton. So it should be uh, should be fun for both of them to be able to, be able to touch each other every play. They can't... Uh, can't stop talking to each other and practice or in walkthroughs. It's it's uh, it's great having those guys uh, on online. And Evan, I mean, Evan's been itching the entire season to get out there, and I have a lot of confidence in him. I think he uh, he has a very good approach to the game, and he's a guy who's going to be I'm not going to make any any bold, crazy predictions. But I do feel pretty certain that he's going to be with us for a long time and eventually be the starting center. Well, you've been very effusive in your praise of him previously and you have a pretty good track record when you do that um what is it about him because this is a guy who made the team as an undrafted free agent then didn't make the team the following year and was out of work for a while became a dad i think during that time then got picked up late in the season during the super bowl year right right and then and now has kind of you know kind of taken that and and parlayed that into being a guy you can count on I think Evan, uh, what was great for him was to um, go somewhere else and realize, uh, you know, how important uh, football was to him. And not that he didn't feel that way, but uh, I think he's really grown up a lot, and I think being a dad helps. Um, He was never a guy who was out of control or immature, but I think football-wise, just realizing uh, how important it is to, to prepare a certain way. And when you're playing center, um, there's an expectation that you're going to spend more time uh, preparing. You're not you're not always able to be uh, 
be the guy relaxing and having fun. You got to be studying. You got to know everybody's position. You got to help out the guys on line. You got to make the calls, and you got to be on the same page with the quarterback. I've told this story before, but I challenged him outside of the cafeteria at St. Norbert's um, about making the team um, in 2011, and just felt like he had the ability um, and just that that something inside him to be uh, to be a starting center in this league. And he went out and had a great camp, and, and eventually beat out Nick McDonald for the spot, mm-hmm. and was really happy for him. Uh, Evan is a, a guy you enjoy being around. He cares about his teammates. He'll back them up on the field and off the field. Um, which is uh, he has a lot of loyalty. We kind of rib him at time to time about uh, a couple incidents in practice that we've had where um, you know somebody's gone after TJ and Evan said that's my boy, you know, and, <laughs> and jumps in right away to back TJ up. So it's kind of funny. If, they, if anybody messes with Josh, then they got to mess with TJ because they're best buddies. But when you mess, when TJ gets involved, then Evan gets involved. So you got to be careful when you when you mess around those guys. But I think Evan has a bright future for this team and, and in this league. Well, I think you guys felt like you had six starters on the line going into the season. Now, <clears throat> when you don't have him, how do you view the next guys up? I mean, I'm sure, you know, and, and I don't, I'm not here to disparage Don Barclay and Greg Van Roten, but those are guys that probably could use a redshirt year, and now they're one play away from having to, to be protecting you. No doubt, and... You know, it, it'd be a tough situation uh, to put him to put him out there. But uh, I give Don Barkley a lot of credit. I think he really improved throughout the uh, throughout the summer, and was really proud and happy for him that he made the team. And I thought it was it was warranted. I thought he had a really good camp, and uh, he's a, a very very good young man, and he's got a bright future in front of him. I think, uh, but um, yeah, he's one play away. Right. So, uh, Greg, really excited for uh, for him being. Uh, being lifted off the practice squad and activated, um, he's a strong, strong man, and and he really has uh, some uh, some upper body strength and, and ability to bend, uh, which is always important for an offensive lineman. Uh, I thought he had a, a camp where he really improved as well, and so really happy for him getting the, getting the spot. But uh, we are a little thin there, and uh, wouldn't be surprised if uh, if we make a move at some point. Well, I, I have to ask you because I know you're still friends with him, and I asked you about him a couple other times during training camp when you had injuries. Have you kept in touch with Mark the Mark big... Tauscher? <laughs> well, no, either one Tauscher. of them. Have you? I, I think Tauscher I seems to have settled into his, uh, yeah, I think he's his media gig. Yeah. I haven't talked to Cliff in a while, but uh, I would guess he might be lured. I mean, he might be able to be lured. Okay. From, uh, would you like to see him lured? From Nashville. I love Cliff, so I would never, I would never uh, not want to see him up here. We've had a lot of fun together, and it'd be good to see him back up here. You think he's got enough left? I mean, I, I kind of thought of it from the perspective of he's rested his back, he's been working out, he's got fresh legs. Maybe that would be a positive, not a negative. Of he's been on the couch in Nashville, kind of a thing. I think if there's any interest, and in it's worth looking into, at least bringing him up here and seeing. What kind of shape he's in? How his how his body is? Um, it's worth that if there's interest. You on sound our like side. a little bit like you're playing GM again. I thought you gave up that job. No, I, I was. I'm talking entirely hypothetical. <laughs> Aren't you the guy that doesn't like hypotheticals? Or maybe that's your coach. Um, speaking of guys that you talk to a lot, I know you and Brian are are tight. Have you talked to him? I mean, McCarthy made it sound like he was 
ticked off that they decided to put him on injured reserve and that he thought he could have come back from this. Um, have you talked to him? How's he doing? Yeah, I've talked to him. I'm not going to get into a ton of stuff that we talked about, but I can tell you that it's it's a significant injury. Um, yeah. From what I hear, I didn't talk to him a whole lot about um, – you know, if he has, if he's going to need any type of surgery or anything, but um, I know it's a significant injury, and I know he's he's real bummed that um, you know they put him down. But you know, it's it's it was kind of a, a fluky play, and uh, those guys have to deal with so much pain and contact. Um, you know, I was surprised that he couldn't keep playing, but then you hear about the the nature of the injury, and, and it's not surprising right. that he wasn't able to keep going. And and you know, hips aren't a common injury, and of course, you being a lifelong sports fan, I don't know if you were a Bo Jackson, Bo Jackson. guy or not. Yeah, but, baby. Uh, you don't you do you worry about him long term? I mean, every time we hear a a hip injury, you worry about the guy. And Cliffy came back from one, thanks to Warren Sapp. So it's not like it has to be a career ender, but are you worried about him? Without knowing the entire nature of his his injury, um, I'm pretty sure it wasn't the Bo Jackson type of injury. I believe Bo ruptured some tendons in his hip. Not there was some sort of blood flow issue. Yeah, there was. Uh, yeah. He still had a real good baseball career. Impressive athlete. One of the greatest athletes, I think. Absolutely, definitely my childhood for sure. Uh, I don't think. I don't think this is going to affect Brian down the road. It's just probably going to be a one-year deal. Um, speaking of games that you watch, because we talked about your brother's game, did you, do you, now do you watch any NFL games? I do. On your, yeah. um, I didn't get to see a ton of football on Sunday, but I saw Michael Vick in the early game here. I saw Alex Smith in the afternoon game. Then I saw Jay Cutler in the night game. And all three of them suffered concussions. Um when you see those kinds of things happen, and having experienced them yourself, you worry at all about the safety issue and, and the dangers that come along with your gig? I don't worry about it because I know, I know what I'm, you know, I know what I'm getting into. I, I know that this is the violent game, and those injuries are going to happen. Um, those were both, those all three, though, well, I didn't really tell the, the Vic play exactly when that happened, but right. uh, but the J one, you could tell that was probably some sort of major head trauma on the Dobbins hit, and then Alex on the one outside the pocket. I, I just think um, two things strike me about, about those. One is that it's a, it's a reminder uh, to get down, because the guys on the other side of the ball are, are bigger, faster, and stronger than they've ever been, and and it's hard to lower your angle and or be able to anticipate where a quarterback is head's going to be. And um, I'm not saying that uh, every time, but I think sometimes it is hard for those guys to uh, um, to avoid those shots if we duck our head or something happens uh, in those in those cases. So there's going to be some big hits, and you just got to try and avoid uh, those as much as possible. My second thing that struck me about it was. That I did see some comments that Jim Harbaugh made about, um, you know, Alex having blurry vision when he threw a touchdown, and I was surprised that those comments came out uh, because of the protocol that they that they do. Now I guess it's an after the fact thing, but uh, I hope that if something were to happen like that to me again, that 
and I know in the first two, I don't think we've had um, a ton of that stuff come out, other than you know we played Detroit, and and I was obviously not all there, even though I thought I was there right away. Now you talked about that in the sixty minutes story, and then I saw Lori Nichols doing a series on NFL health in the Journal Sentinel. And she in there, there's a story about how in that game, driver is like your concussion buddy, or something like that, and that he was, he had to go report that you weren't quite right or something like that. that yeah, that story's not true. Oh, really? No. Okay. First of all, they would never put me back on the field um, once they they got me on the sidelines. It was a case of a sudden change after we had punted the ball away, um, and I just, you know, was was trying to get back on the field and, and got, um, you know, once we came off the sideline after we had punted the ball, um, you know, and, and Dr. Gray examined me, there was no way I was going back on the field. Okay. Um, bec- I, I don't, obviously I don't remember a conversation with Donald at the time, which makes the whole concussion thing kind of weird because there's a, there's a loss in my memory from when the play happened to kind of, Starting to remember things in the locker room when I was with Darren College, who also was out that game, right. and we, had, we were watching the game actually in the locker room. Um, that makes it a little scary. But I can tell you that, that our our medical staff uh, is excellent, and there's no way that they're going to put us in a situation where further harm can come to us. The, the Washington one now, do I remember this right, that you got hit on that last play, but you felt like you had actually suffered it earlier? Is that... Yeah, I don't. I don't really remember. Yeah. Okay, not going to talk about that. All right. Um, the other thing that I thought was interesting in terms of quarterback hits was watching the game last night. It seems to me that Big Ben takes a lot of hits. Now he's a big dude, so he tends to shake a lot of them off, but not the one where he hurt his shoulder yesterday. Um, you do seem to be pretty good, knock on wood, at avoiding big hits in the pocket is that a skill is that a conscious thing i mean i'm not talking about the spinorama when you have eyes in the back of your head and you somehow do it sometimes but like you know you're going to get hit is there something to making sure that it's not as devastating as it could be i think so and and i can only talk for myself and what's going through my head but there's a couple positions you don't want to be in you don't want to be in a position where he's got you wrapped and he can't move your arms because then you're going to go back on your um you're straight on your back and maybe on your head a little bit and it's going to be very painful um i always want to in those situations kind of twist a little bit and land more on my scapula um, not directly on my shoulder so i'm in a situation like that a subtle movement i think can can often save you from an injury and it's been it's actually i was i was told that from a high school coach who was um talking about about ways to avoid injury in a situation where you're getting hit or driven to the ground, and you talked about, uh, um, you know, moving to a position where you're not taking a full impact on your shoulder or directly on your back. And so that's things I think about it and have thought about since then. When we were last together, you predicted that Butte would beat San Francisco City College 28-24. Did you see the final? I did not. City Butte College. 31 San Francisco City College, 21. Wow, all right. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. So I was dinner. six points off. Not bad, not bad. What's BC's record now? Uh, that would be good well, if they're beating City College. Limited amount of information. Yeah. I just, you know. Uh, our dealer's question, which I think was prompted by Dan Needle's trip to the convenience store, 
What's the strangest thing you've ever purchased at a convenience store? I don't know. Do you go to the Seven Eleven or the Circle K or oh, yeah. what do they have in uh, Chico? Seven Elevens. Yeah. Yeah. Seven Eleven. Stop and go. A.M. P.M. A.M. P.M. Oh yeah. So are you are you a slushy Slurpee guy? Are you going in there buying a Slim Jim? I mean, when you go to get gas in your Ford truck. You know, I'm rocking my Ford I, today. I, it's that's nice. Built Ford tough. You are. Yeah. Um, what do you do? You ever do you pay at the pump, or do you actually go in and get a snack? I, I'd say I usually pay at the pump. Uh, occasionally, I'll go in and maybe get a coffee drink or something. I enjoy okay. Good coffee. But no, you don't make any I would, weird. What, what, well, I mean, weird to me. Maybe the convenience store would be, you know, maybe buying a toothbrush or deodorant or something if you're if you're running out there. Or a sandwich. No, no, I don't. No, touch, no. I don't touch any of those. clear. This is the one with the artificial light on them. You know, you have to. What about the hot dogs that rotate? Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, no. Still waiting for one place with some good churros. Yeah, is it yeah. tough to find a good convenience store churro? Or yeah, it's tough. Okay. Before we get to the Lions, a couple of uh, things coming from the first half. The uh, Butte College. What are they called? Roadrunners. The Roadrunners. Nine and one on the season. Uh, also, the Shasta College Knights from our friend Kyle, don't call me Kevin Cousineau, uh, two and six and have lost six straight. So Shasta falling upon hard times. And still don't want to play Butte. They don't want to play Butte anymore. What do you mean? They don't want to play I thought Butte. they were in the same conference. Are they not? I don't, I'm not sure, but as of a couple of years ago, they, they got out of the conference because they got tired of getting, I need to getting whooped. Learn my, uh, Northern California Junior College conferences better clearly uh so inside the helmet we didn't obviously have a game to talk about so i thought given your some would say ridiculous some would say rain man-esque recall of different plays during the season i thought maybe we just kind of leave it open-ended and see if there were a couple of plays from the season that are your favorites ones that and it doesn't you know it doesn't have to be a touchdown necessarily but a couple of plays that really stick out for you in terms of your memory that you thought were either the way they played out was interesting or the result was interesting. Uh, it, it, the world is your oyster. What do you got? Well, I recovered a, a fumble last week. I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> I've been kind of... I hear that's very dangerous. You're not uh, supposed to do that. I've been teasing the guys about it. Graham rolls his eyes every time I was teasing the guys. Hey, how come they didn't show that fumble I recovered in the game on Monday? Now, wait. Don't they show usually like a good play and a yeah, bad play for each position? Yeah, but we kind of skipped over that. We, just, we didn't show any plays. Because we had the week off. Yeah. Oh, okay. You didn't get a game ball or anything for that? For that fumble recovery? Yeah. No, I don't, I don't think so. I don't and think I'm going to get a game ball. ball this week. No, I should have. Probably should have. So, do you have? Are are you? Is that your way of dodging this uh, segment? I, I don't know. I mean, come on. You, you. All right. Let's see. You've played nine games. What is that? Seven hundred plays. What is that? No, probably not that many. Probably if you're averaging about sixty-five a game, then you're looking at about five eighty-five or something like that. Okay. Uh it's a lot of plays. It is. Yeah, it's hard to pick just one or two. <laughs> I really appreciate the effort today. <laughs> Come on, I mean, give me that. I mean, give me a little. Uh, you know what? Best throw or best run or. Well, let's. Favorite play. I know you don't like to give check. out. Well, here's the here's the thing. You don't like giving out stuff about the checks, just like you don't give it, like giving out stuff about why you say green 19 or whatever the heck it is you say. Oh, now it's 19? I don't know. I Look, 
You're you're very I thought uh, it was eighteen for a while. You're very know. protective of that information. So yeah. privileged. Uh privileged and has uh anything changed speaking of this? Anything changed with those microphones on the centers? I don't like them. But they're still there. Yeah. I mean, I don't watch the games with the sound, so. All right, so let's do this. You're so smug. I don't watch the games with the sound because I'm sitting in the press box. I think that people, you watch games on TV. I think people who watch a game on TV have a better view than people who are at the game or up in the press box. Now. I'm going to disagree. Really? Yep. You like. I watched my first game from the stands in in a couple years. And you thought. I mean, I'm not talking about the atmosphere. I'm talking about knowing what's going on. You think you don't count, though. You see the game differently. We just talked about that. I think I think it would be fun to sit in the end zones or with an end zone perspective. Never done that before. I think that would be fun. Actually, you know what? I did do that one. I, I did that in 2005 at the uh, in Jacksonville for the Super Bowl. I was watching Philly and uh, New England. I was in the stands okay. surrounded by a bunch of Eagle fans who kept singing that. Fly Eagles, fly, fly, Eagles, fly. All pregame was brutal. But uh, it's a good perspective. You can really, uh, I think you can Eagle see kind of plays. Of yeah, you can see plays developing. But uh, good perspective. All right. So you've played San Francisco, Chicago, Seattle, New Orleans, Indianapolis, Houston, St. Louis, Jacksonville, and Arizona. Seattle, here's one. Take me inside the helmet on the final play of Seattle because you're not on the field and you talked a lot about it, but what was it like from a before before Michael Silver runs on the field and expresses his surprise at the outcome, <laughs> uh, which is immortalized in a T-shirt now? Uh, what, was the, what was it like for you on that play? It's always tough when it's out of your hands, when you can't have a direct impact on it or... Um be on the field in the last seconds to have a deciding game. It's always, um, yeah, it's always a little more difficult to watch. You're obviously pulling hard for a sack there or a throw out of the back of the end zone. Um, when he backed up uh, and got a little depth from the last scrimmage, I knew it was going to be a high ball and was just hoping as the ball went up, it looked like uh, we had pretty good numbers down there on that side. And um, You know, it's kind of almost slow motion at times, and you, you see the play happen. Um, and when the ball comes down, it, it looks from my perspective that it's either incomplete or our guy for sure has it because you can't really tell. There was obviously a lot of bodies over there, but um, the way that the other receivers reacted. So from my perspective, you could see a couple of the receivers um, on the field kind of running over there. And in the case of the Hail Mary that happened at the end of uh, the Giants' the first half, uh, all the guys knew it was a touchdown right away. Um, you know, I, did Hakeem Nix catch it? Yes. The other guys on the field um, were signaling a touchdown right away because they knew it was a touchdown. From my perspective, it didn't look like, like that was going on. Uh, and they weren't, they, you know, they looked like, as everyone, you know, as, the, as the, the, the back judge who was waving his hands, it looked like it was an interception. Everybody but that <laughs> one guy with not enough integrity to admit that he was incorrect on that call um everybody knew it was an incomplete pass or an interception for us but uh you know then when they call it touchdown you just had that feeling that uh they robbed you and that it wasn't going to change um i think the one the one thing i was frustrated about which i've i've said was that uh get your shot 
get your shot and then move on. Um, as far as there's a camera right, right on you right away. You got your reaction. I mean, there was five minutes of stuff. You got your reaction. Now move on to the next person. You know, a camera on me the entire time. I thought, you know, that camera right on. Now there might be a, a camera above or across the stadium that's on me, but a camera in my personal space for however long that was, I thought was was a little much. So that added to the frustration of, okay, yeah, we lost. They well. They they called it a loss, the refs call a loss. Now, you know, you got your reaction now. Now move on. You think we're going to be asking you about this in week 17? I hope not. That's up to you guys, right? I mean, yeah, I hope you've not. talked I hope. about controlling your destiny. You don't have a lot of margin for error if you want to make that not matter. Yeah. Um, we're just a couple plays from being 9-0, and though. You know what I mean? That's true. I've heard that. Um is there a game that was your most enjoyable this season? You've talked about the flight back from Houston. Yeah. I'm guessing that that has to be your pick so far. Yeah, I think so. I think that was probably the high, and the Colts was probably the low. Um, it was, I mean, Seattle was terrible, but you just felt robbed the entire time, especially after we got in the locker room and saw the replay. But that Colts feeling, being up 18 and a half and losing and having to come back on that plane, that was a quiet plane. Um, but went in down in Houston. I mean, there's nothing like a road a road win, especially you know when you're traveling a couple hours after after the win uh, to get to enjoy it with your your teammates and uh, that was that was a good experience. And the energy before the game, the emotion, uh, the focus of our guys. You just had that feeling that it was going to be one of those games, and it was. You guys sure are pretty good when your backs are against the wall, aren't you? Yeah, I think. Can I mean, you? Simulate that so it feels like your backs are against the wall all the time. I don't think so. I really no. don't. Uh, I think you have to have that uh, that feeling, and I think Mike does a good job motivating us. But uh, you have to you have to kind of have that inside you. And we've been uh, both the uh, the hunters and 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 the hunted. We've been up on the pedestal and we've been down in the dirt. And for whatever reason. I'd say in most of my eight years, we've always played better as a team who's been a slight afterthought. Which is kind of where you are now. It's fine by us. Uh, let's look ahead to the Lions as you return to work. Uh, I'm sorry, but every time you hear you play the Lions, I just hear you doing Kyle Vandenbosch. Uh, they're a tough team. They're a physical team. They uh, have a lot of guys up front who can get after you. I think their linebacking crew is an underrated crew. Um on the back end, they've had some injuries. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see who's playing this week, if Houston's going to play, if uh, Delmas is going to play. They pick up Pat Lee? Yeah, I think they picked up Pat Lee. Uh, I actually just saw that. Um, high-powered offense. You know, Matt Stafford has gotten to know him a little bit this offseason. We had a couple events uh, we got to spend together and always had a ton of respect for his talent. I mean, he's got um, definitely, if not the top arm, one of the top two or three arms in the league. And um, Calvin uh, is kind of sets the standard at receiver, um, and he had a big game last week. I think over 200 yards. Um, Titus Young's been playing a lot, playing real well. Um, it's a, it's a good uh, good football team, and, and a team that uh, is going to have their backs against the wall at four and five right. um, with a tough loss last week, and um, trying to get back in this race. Uh, playing at home, they they have a lot of pride. It's going to be a loud crowd you i've really noticed a difference playing there the last eight years of uh you know they had a couple good years where they were playing real well um 
but uh, especially the last few years, they, they've really their crowd has been uh, has been showing up early and being loud and yeah. cheering at the right time, and uh, been doing a great job, kind of giving them that that you know that home team advantage uh, that uh, helps out their defense. So you got to give their their fans credit and their team credit and, and Coach Schwartz credit for kind of changing the culture over there, and uh, they have a lot of talent. One of the Ask Aaron questions, which we'll, we will do now instead. He says, have you played in every NFL stadium, and which is your favorite? Um, Lambeau, of course. Not counting Lambeau, of course. Oh. Uh, I don't think I've played in I don't know if you have either. Yet. You've like probably played, been played. I haven't played in the New England. Right. Um, been to them all now after eight I years. I think so. Um, but how do they, in terms of noise, I mean, there are some that obviously cheat a little bit, for lack of a better term, with the pumped-in sound. Right. Um are there ones that are really tough? I mean, is this one oh, yeah. is Ford Field up there? Got to go. Minnesota when they're playing good is is the loudest. Yeah. Um, Seattle is probably second. Arrowhead when they're playing well, third. Uh, Detroit, Atlanta, um, New Orleans, kind of right there in fourth. But it, it you're talking about. The margin between first and tied for fourth is really small. 150 decibels, but to it's just like not being able to hear anything right. uh, in Minnesota, and only able to hear whispers in in Seattle. To I mean the Atlanta playoff game up there in, in uh, January of, of 11 was the one day maybe loudest start to a game. I mean that was. Unbelievable! I don't know how the guys heard me. I was screaming uh, under center. I don't know how they heard me. But uh, end of the game, that was a fun feeling that day. It's always fun to win the road dome games. The shoes overcome the noise? or Because you're pretty good in domes. I know you love your shoes. I need to get a new pair, I think. Okay. But well, uh, the old pair had some good wins in it. Send out the uh, Nike bat signal. One more thing on the Lions, uh, and I'm sure this will be a storyline all week. Uh, and Evan already has faced questions about Sue trying to stomp on him the last time you guys were there. Um, they do have a reputation they've, they've developed of getting a little chippy. Some would say dirty. I think Larry McCarron was going around the locker room yesterday using the term dirty. How do you guys make sure you, you don't get involved? Because as we have learned, usually the second guy is the guy that gets caught. Just got to play within the whistle. And... Uh... Easier said than done when you get without a emotional. Doubt. Without a doubt, just just have enough enough professionalism and understand how important yards can be to your team to to walk away from any anything. It's tough. I mean, especially when you know somebody's yapping or if somebody's getting after you a little bit, um, to be able to walk away from a situation like that. But um, just realizing that the 15 yard penalty and a potential fine uh, is really not worth it. So. Maybe Ryan Taylor can give us a little speech this week about <laughs> fines and, and uh, how you know how much that sucks. That's a pretty big fine for a guy who's probably not making a whole lot compared to the rest of the guys in his locker room. Let's get to Ask Aaron. Your questions either submitted via Twitter with the hashtag Ask Aaron or by email, which I got a lot of this week. Uh, Lucas starts things off with, "What do you think?" Oh, of my the, brother. All right. What do you think of the Lakers' move to hire Mike D'Antoni over uh, Phil Jackson? Real surprised. Uh, not because I don't think Coach D'Antoni uh, is a good basketball coach. And, again, take this from the perspective of somebody who played basketball until ninth grade, uh, loved it, but obviously isn't a major basketball analyst. However, 
from a fan's perspective and just reading between the lines, uh, it seems that there had to be some other factors involved because I don't know how you say that a team that's played for Phil, when you're talking about Artest and Gasol and Kobe, um, who else? I think they said four or five guys have been in, in his system. Uh, you cannot say that, uh, you know, D'Antoni at this point is the guy who's going to make the more, you know, seamless transition. And then also, I don't know how I feel about a, a midnight call to Phil on a Sunday saying he's not getting the job. Um, how that would sit with me. Uh, but that being said, if you look at Mike D'Antoni's offenses, I mean, they get after it. They get up and down the court, and it's a, it's an open, wide-open game. Um, it'll be interesting to see how, um, as they've been getting asked a bunch, you know, Artest and, and Howard, how that affects their defense because uh, D'Antoni's defenses, de- defensive statistics for his teams have never been that high. Uh, Again, t- that's from a perspective of somebody who doesn't know the NBA very well. Well, what about, speaking of the NBA, huh, the Bucks are off the Bucks, four and two, love it, playing well. Yeah? Except they got to get good in the lineup. I don't know what's going on. Can't stand that. <laughs> I mean, come on. You're a guy. That's, that's Mr. Have you been, no, I don't, have you had enough yet. home games? No? no. Okay. Uh, Tony wonders, uh, do you play FIFA 13 online on the Xbox, and if so, what is your gamer tag? I'm not going to share any gamer tags. Now, what, I don't okay. want people checking up on me when I'm online and when I'm not. I, it is one of my guilty pleasures when I have some mindless time on my hands. Today is a big day for the for all the gamers. It's uh, November 13th, the day that Call of Duty comes out for all the gamers out deal? there. Uh, for us traditional gamers who are still Halo enthusiasts, Halo has already been out. And has a wonderful campaign that I enjoyed playing last week on my on my off time. All right, let me ask you a question about this gamer tag business because I, I not I don't want to know what it is, but I want to know. So do you play random people? Like, could people be online playing against Aaron Rodgers on whatever FIFA or whatever? Obviously, not know who it actually is. I mean, are you playing random people when you're playing? Yeah, or, really. Sometimes. And do you ever tip them off to your? No. Never. No. You've never informed anyone who you were. I mean, they, I mean it's would they believe it? Like, yeah, right. <laughs> Nobody's gonna believe that anyway. Oh yeah, well, I'm Michael oh, yeah, Jordan. Yeah, exactly. Uh, 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 Chris asks uh, a football question. He says safety alignments can be deceiving. Other than hard counts, how can a quarterback decipher coverages prior to the snap? I think you put it all together. It's it's not just their alignment. It's it's corners, it's linebackers, and it's uh, the front. Uh, so um, you got to put it all together. You put together the defensive front uh, with the with your when you study the plan and study the opponent. You kind of know what fronts um, are going to have what coverages behind it by percentages. Now they're going to obviously mix things up from time to time, but if you can put the front together with the alignment of the of the linebackers and the way the corners are playing, you can often get a a decent read on what the coverage is. All in very quickly. Uh, Sam, don't the injury comparisons to 2010 get annoying? Every game is so unique, much less a season. The reason why I think Sam's question is a good one is because I do get the sense that we were all spoiled by what you guys did in 2010 and that now we just assume, oh, they lost Brian Belaga. Oh, they'll be fine. Next man up. No matter what the injury is. Is is what you did in 2010 both a blessing and a curse that you know what you can do despite injuries, but yet maybe there's not quite the understanding of just how difficult it makes it? 
Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't use the the c word there, but um, use whatever word you'd like. Yeah, you know, I think it is. Burden. 2010 was a special year, but it stands stands by itself, just like 2011 stands by itself, and and this season stands by itself. Um, like he's saying, there, there's every team is unique. Uh, every season has different challenges and adversity um, that, that they're going to have to deal with and overcome if they want to be successful. Um, we've had a lot of injuries, yes. Um, different than different team than, than the 2010 team, though. Different, you know, back then we brought in, uh, you know, brought in some different guys uh, to fill some of those voids. Uh, right now we've kind of uh, elevated guys right. to, to fill those roles. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, in the next the next few days if, if there's any moves made but if not we're going to have to uh to have that next man up mentality and make the most of it marcus with a two-parter when do you put up your christmas decorations and do you have a real or a fake christmas tree real christmas tree i have a uh place i like to go cut it down and uh do it yourself i do Old school. such a man 2007 i was out there uh, on a broken foot on crutches out there traipsing around through the snow and the mud uh, with my neighbors helping with the Christmas tree. Now, I wasn't doing a lot of helping. I was more just moral support. Supervisory role. Yeah, but I did lose uh, the ends of both of the uh, <laughs> the crutches that I, was, that I was using. Got stuck in the mud uh, and got my foot, which was obviously wrapped up. I didn't have a shoe on. I had, I had surgery on, like, November 24th. Right. And we went out probably the second week in December to get a tree, maybe the first week. Um, that was a fun day, uh, but difficult to get around. Uh, Joe with a football question. Jennings and Cobb in the slot, Nelson and Jones outside, Benson in the backfield. Do you think it's possible this season? Sounds good, man. Music to my ears right there. It's like a Eddie Vedder song sitting by the beach right there. Uh, it should happen eventually, right? I think so. Uh, Doug, now we got four relatively serious questions from here oh on out so doug wants to know it seems that all too often and maybe doug watched broke the 30 for 30 movie uh that we hear about professional athletes from major sports filing for bankruptcy not long after retirement how much do teams and the league do to educate current players in terms of financial planning and maybe you can give us a little idea how careful you are with your finances. yeah i'm very you know very careful about it and have thought about obviously the things i want to invest in or put my money in um, the companies I want to be associated with, uh, I, I think, I think in general, there's a lot of opportunities to acquire knowledge um, through the NFL's programs, which are kind of handed down through um, the uh, player personnel directors for each team. We're blessed with uh, a guy like Rob Davis uh, as our player personnel. Um, guy, and he does a great job of uh, setting up programs for guys to learn more about their finances. I think in general, most guys don't make the most of those opportunities, um, but they're there. I don't think there should be any excuses from our guys, because there's um, not only uh, opportunities to learn more through programs that, that Rob puts on. The, uh, we had a speaker in last year who was talking about finances, um, who's a big financial guy on one of the news networks, and there's a lot of opportunities, and, and then guys, guys talk to each other and uh, help each other out with what they like, what they don't like. Um, there's been a lot of uh, precedents from various players and, and people who've put money into bad, into bad investments and stuff that, that should be good examples. Um, 
a lot of people's agents uh, advise on stuff like that, whether that's a good thing or not. I'm, I'm not not here to judge that. But um, I can say that I think the NFL, and more than that, guys like Rob Davis, and I don't think every team has the, uh, has the opportunity to have a Rob Davis. They should. Yeah, but Rob does an incredible job at helping these young guys out. And, and um, I think more of the uh, kind of middle, middle-aged players should uh, should go to some of his, his uh, seminars. Rob really does do a great job. I know he also gets kind of motivational speakers, a guy that I've gotten to know a little bit. Chris Heron came in and talked to you guys, and I know he... Best speech we've had in eight years. Yeah. In my eight years, yeah. Um, Mark wonders... Uh, actually, this is a fairly long one, so bear with me. Uh, I continue to be impressed with your professional and intelligent approach to such a physical game, but maybe most of all I find it fascinating that when you got so many messages of discouragement... You pushed through them all to become the very best at your job. What message would you give to kids out there who have the talent in whatever area but continue to be pigeonholed due to test scores or whatever? Our son is incredibly creative, but he constantly gets defeating feedback in school. Would you give him any sort of word of advice? Don't let other people define your reality. Um, I think I've learned that throughout my time, but... Don't let other people's words or actions or negative attitudes define your reality. Um, you have the opportunity um, to wake up every morning with an attitude. And it can be an attitude of uh, you know, positivity, excitement, dreaming, hope. I think hope is one of the greatest, uh, uh, the greatest gifts that we can have, the greatest personality attributes. Just a, a, a belief that almost transcends... Um, understanding that there's nothing that somebody can do or say that's going to sway you from believing you can achieve something. Um, I also believe that success um, is more than just um, doing what you want to do. It's, it's fulfilling your own personal um, your own personal goals and opportunities and being the best you you can be. And don't measure success by the world's outside world's um, view of success, because I think it's a personal it's a personal thing. But I think the biggest thing that I've learned is um, don't let other people define my reality. A lot of people tried to, whether it was coaches along the way who weren't always the most encouraging, or fellow students or friends who didn't believe in me. Um, I never let those words or actions uh, impact the hope that I had and the desire to be great. Your parents get credit for making sure that you grew up in a way that you they're, didn't let that stuff impact yeah, were, you because most kids they're hard my, yeah they're my biggest supporters uh two more one comes from krista she says when i was watching the games this past sunday both of aaron's pizza hut and state farm commercials played a number of times through the course of the day it made me wonder a few things it seems that many public figures treat their career as though a company would who's building a brand as it means reflecting who they are and what their beliefs are or what they would like the general public to think they are how do you go about choosing your endorsements? That's something we've talked about before on the show. Are you concerned with ones that maybe seem incongruent between Pizza Hut and Prevea? Uh, and do you feel like you've made choices that are a reflection of who you really are and what your beliefs are? For the most part, yes. Um, I have gone through in the last year a changeover in my... Um, uh, representation? Representation, yeah. my Well, not not my agent representation right. but my my marketing um my marketing guy and um have tried to focus more on things that uh 
they really show who I am. Uh, as I told Pizza Hut, I don't want to get behind a company that uh, I don't believe in or don't, uh, you know, I don't want to be phony, but I do love to eat pizza. I do. I do. At the same time, I've understood the last couple of years how important health and wellness is. Uh, I've said on this show before about 80-20, you know, 80% of the time eating eating well and 20% of the time, uh, you know, giving into some of those guilty pleasures. And right. pizza and ice cream and Oreos are some of my guilty pleasures. So what you're saying is my 2080 is not Yeah, really it's not working, working too well. Now, okay. I think, you know, when that's associated with working out, then you can really see the type of weight loss um, that's, that you want to have or just healthy uh, whole body wellness. Um, I'm, I'm big on... Uh, a lot of alternative medicine, uh, my dad being a chiropractor, but uh, stuff like rolfing and acupuncture and uh, different things I believe in. But uh, I'm about total body wellness. I understand how eating pizza can affect that, but it's something that I, that I really enjoy to do. So uh, it's been a great partnership with Prevea. Obviously, with State Farm, has been a blast. Uh, pizza Hut is a one-year thing. Ford, I'm wrapping my built Ford Tough shirt today. Um it was actually one of the only clean ones I had, but I, lo- I actually do like the shirt, and I've loved working uh, the new commercials. I think are great, and it's been a lot of fun to, to align myself with brands like that. Now, just a little shout-out for Ford. I mean, Ford was, uh, I believe, the only major car company not take any bailout money. Um, that was, uh, I can't say that wasn't important when I was thinking about the kind of company I want to be associated with. Still, I think one of my favorite moments of the first half of the season was the story about getting the putting the ball in the back of the truck second take very proud yep uh and finally another one on commercials this comes from brett he says my friends and i were talking about nfl athletes and commercials one of my friends is a giants fan and we give him a hard time about eli and his direct tv commercials uh dressing up like a fairy now i thought i thought peyton is the he's in that one too yeah okay yeah and Dion, Uh, dion peyton and eli drew Brees also has a commercial out there where he sings and dances with the band one direction my question for aaron is would you ever dress humiliatingly or act foolishly or sing and dance in a television ad? My friends seem to think you would because you do a lot of commercials, but I think you would only act like yourself in a television ad. Now, I know you you feel like you're an actor. You've got it in you. Uh, yeah, you I mean, I, I have a... I think I have a playful... Uh, you know, personality. I like to make jokes. Um, the the State Farm ads that are on right now, in my opinion, are the best ones you've done. The yeah, self-deprecating I've, with the kids, I love them. And that's you know, I, I'm I think I have a dry sense of humor, and um, and I understand to be in order to be funny, I think you have to be able to laugh at yourself, and that's why I've always appreciated the State Farm ads. Um, I don't really want to do anything outside my comfort zone, and I think um, some of those things could be outside my comfort zone, and, and, and maybe maybe not, depending on the uh, the creative or the uh, the people you're working with. Um, I think Peyton Manning set the standard uh, for commercials. I think he he is consistently he's got another one out where he's in the car. You yeah, know. the Buick one. Yeah, I mean he's a very very good at what he does. Um, and I think we're all just trying to <laughs> trying to. Stay in the same ballpark as him. But I've really enjoyed my partnerships and the, and the ones that we've done. And I'm excited about the State Farm ones coming out as well. I think they're going to be funny. And the two Pizza Hut uh, wintertime ones are more kind of, are even more kind of my own personality there with uh, with some of our outfits and, and some of the comments. Got some stuff for Associated Bank coming out too, I believe. The, yeah, those uh, are going to be good too. The, um, the idea of being goofy, though, we've talked about you wanting to do Saturday Night Live. Maybe that happens next 
this coming off season, maybe it doesn't. But there, you'd probably end up doing some goofy stuff, wouldn't you? Yeah, and I think I'd, I'd be, I'd be good at. Right. I'd, I'd be okay with that. All right. Hopefully, good at it. Well, we will. Uh, we'll do this again next week. Are you excited to be back to work, or is it a little bit like? You know, when you get like Christmas winter break in elementary or high school, where it takes you a minute to get back into the uh, the, the swing of things. Yeah, I miss Yuma, Arizona. I mean, I had a great week out there, and just uh, was that the disclosed hard to come home? The undisclosed location? Did you just disclose it? No, I'm just kidding. Okay, Seattle, San Francisco, <laughs> Tahoe. Um, no, nobody cares anymore. Where in the world is Aaron Rodgers? No, it, it's great to be back. It's fun. You know, it's fun to see the guys. It, it's kind of like a little, uh, you know. Winter break in school is, you know, you're kind of like, ah, i got to go back to school. But when you get back there, it's fun to see uh, see your classmates and see your friends. And, and that's how I feel. I get to work with my best friends in the world, and it's fun to fun to be back in there with them and, and cracking jokes and having a good time. Pretty good opportunity in front of you guys as a team as well. Yeah. We will do it again next week. We'll look back on the game against the Lions. We'll look ahead to the trip to New York. And we'll take your questions again for Ask Aaron. You have been listening to The Aaron Rodgers Show.